present at that time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too will all perish. And then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, then cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. written as a 
faithful. Paul says these things were written as examples for us. And the first thing that they will do is they will say, well, of course Paul didn't mean they were written as examples for us. Of course, that would be disrespectful to the revelation of God in the Tanakh. And we need to recognize the nature of these stories as they came out in their original meaning. We recognize that the Christian understanding of them is simply a midrash on the original texts. Well, that's true, but Paul said these things happen as examples for us. Some people would say, well, when he says that these were written as examples, as warnings for us, that's really in a hypothetical sense. We're not really supposed to worry that if, if we aren't uh, obeying God, that uh, we might run the risk of, like, that happened then, that 23,000 of them were killed, uh, or, or that by testing the Lord, we might end up being killed by snakes, that by grumbling, we might be killed by the destroying angel. Of course, it's, just, it's hypothetical. Paul's using hyperbole there. He's not he really mean that. I don't think so. Not once, but twice in this passage, Paul says, these things happened to them as examples. And they were written down as warnings for us. For us. And Paul would certainly say, even though we weren't hanging around this thoroughly dysfunctional congregation in Corinth that he was writing to at the time, that we, as members of Christ's church, part of his body, are part of that us. One of the things, the most wise things that my Old Testament professor said as we were reading these stories, he said, never forget, we are Israel. You can't look at these stories and say, boy, what idiots they were. I would never do something like that. I love the line from Sarah Groves' song where she says, if I were honest with myself, had I been standing in that tree, my lips and my face would be covered with fruit. Things I shouldn't know. Things I shouldn't see. And these
powerless, and we need God to restore us to sanity. It takes a certain amount of humility to say that. It takes a certain amount of honesty with ourselves to say that, and that's precisely what God calls us to. If we think we're on the right path and we're not on the right path, and if we just keep going, it's not like we're eventually going to get to the right place, right? C.S. Lewis pointed out that it's kind of like when you're doing math and you realize, now I know a lot of people in here are really, really good at math. We've got engineers, we've got smart people, we've got people who do things that, that they can't talk about. Um, I was not good at math. I'm still not good at math, but I was especially not good at math when I had to take math. <laughs> and, and I would remember, I would, I would be doing, doing my homework. And of course, I'm up at like 1.30 in the morning trying to get my calculus homework done because I was not smart. And, and it, it was hard and I was working at it. And, and I would come up as I was doing these problems and I'd come up with these really weird, long, convoluted numbers and equations. And I just knew, like, no, that whatever the right answer is, it can't be that. It, it always resolves, the answer is always something that fits on a single line. Whatever I did is wrong. I've got to go back. I couldn't just say, well, I'll take it from here and see if I can get it to sort it out. I had to go back, find out where I had made the error, and fix it starting from there. So when we admit that we're powerless, we say to God, I want to go back. I want to go back. I want to go back to where I made the error and start over from there. And when we do that,
not give up on it just yet. I'm going to do two things. First, I'm going to dig around. I'm going to loosen up the soil, but I'm also going to just do some work to prepare the place where it is planted. And I'm going to fertilize it. So if you're not bearing fruit, you may need to get to work on a different approach. You may need to do some digging. You may need to turn up some ground. You may need to get a little bit sweaty. You may need to do some difficult work to uncover some things. This is, by the way, the point of confession during Lent. You, you may notice we are hearing confession Tuesdays between 5.30 and 6.30. I'll also hear uh, confession by appointment if uh, those times don't work for you. But the, the idea of, of confessing our sins is not that you, you have to confess to a priest for God to forgive you. you we confess every Sunday when we're here in church, and, 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 and I pronounce absolution because I have to be a priest and I'm here. But if we were to get together without a priest and have morning prayer, then we would all confess, and then somebody would would say that Lord forgive us. It's not like you have to, but it may be that there's some work that you need to do. The way the prayer book puts it, and this is such powerful language. Bird says, and this is going to be a classic exhortation to come to the Eucharist. It says, if in your preparation to come to the Eucharist, you need help and counsel. Then go and open your grief to a discreet and understanding priest and confess your sins that you may receive the benefit of absolution and spiritual counsel and advice to the removal of scruple and to doubt, the assurance of pardon and the strengthening of your faith. And if you can't find a discreet and understanding priest, then just come with me. Spirit is able to do these things 